Welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was shared by Pastor Shad McDonald on May 15th, 2022. The scripture reading comes from the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and verse 1. The sermon is titled, Go Back and Get It. If I may please, I would like to take just a few moments to speak to you, the listener, and I would like to request something of you. Would you please consider putting Preach the Word podcast on your daily prayer list? As I reviewed the analytics of the podcast recently, I noticed that we have listeners all across the United States, but I also noticed that we have had listens in more than 15 different countries across the world. When I began to put these sermons on a podcast platform, I had no idea how far-reaching that this platform truly could be. I pray that when a person hears the preached word that they will be led into truth, the truth of salvation, the truth of sanctification, and that they will pursue a closer walk with Christ. I believe that only heaven will tell the tale of how far-reaching that media ministries such as podcasts and other platforms truly are. And I thank you for your continued support. And please continue to pray for this ministry on a daily basis. I know that God will honor it. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Please listen today as Pastor McDonald admonishes his congregation to go back and get it. Thank you for listening. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 1. If you have it, say amen. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Verse 4. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Hold that line, please. And do the first works. So if the Lord will stand by me, I'll label that line, go back and get it. 
This Ephesian church was quite a prominent church. The prominent influence that they experienced was really quite great. You do know that this Ephesian letter that's written here is the second letter. The only church in the whole New Testament that received two letters. They received one from Paul the Apostle, and then they received this one from the Lord. No other church got two letters. This church got two letters. One from Paul. And his work there and his missionary labors is found in the 18th chapter of the gospel of uh, the book of Acts. It's found there of how he went to Ephesus. And that's the day they burned the books. That's when they had the great revival. And that's what birthed this church was that great revival that God gave Paul when he came to Ephesus. And so there was prominence and influence that they had. It was a well-known church in because of the people that served there. If you'll study Bible history, you'll notice that Timothy, Paul's own beloved Timothy, pastored this young, fledging church there at Ephesus. And then most notable and most surprisingly, John, the apostle of love. John, the apostle of love, pastored this church at Ephesus. And I find it remarkable that this church that Paul preached to and Paul sent a letter to and Timothy pastored and John pastored, it was this church that lost its love. And there's some things about this church that I want you to recognize and I want you to see, please, that they were devoted. They were devoted to their task faithfully. He says to them, our Lord, the Lord of the lampstands, as he takes inventory of this church. And oh, by the way, let me say something that I want you to notice, please. Paul was involved in this church. Timothy was involved in this church. Um, John was involved with this church. But the best thing that this church had going for it is the Lord was interested in this church. <laughs> Amen. Now, don't put too much stock and don't put too much claim in who your preacher is. Just be thankful that the Lord is present in the church. And that's what's so beautiful about this, that the Lord took interest in this place. And the Lord of the lampstands and the Christ of the candlesticks is moving between the churches. And may I say, that's what I want more than anything else. I want the Lord in the church. Friend, when he leaves, the lights go out. When he leaves, it's over and done. We've got to have him. Yes. So please note there that the Lord says to this church, I, I know thy works, I know thy labor. These were people that were devoted to the task faithfully. They were people that were about their duty. They were people that were about their work. They were loyal. They labored. It, you could find them on the job. You could find them there at the door to greet the visitors. I mean, they kept everything nice. They kept everything beautiful. These were working people. But may I advise us all, please, that duty becomes drudgery when we're wanting in devotion. When, when we do things laboriously and we do things habitually, it becomes monotonous and mundane. It becomes hard. It becomes somewhat of a drear to us when we lose that devotion. 
And here's a danger that we have in Christian service to do things out of duty, to do things out of obligation, to do things because it's the thing to do. But may I say, friend, that when we do it merely just to say it's done, it seems like it loses its savor and it loses its luster when we go to church just to go to church. When we come park ourselves on our pious pew and we pride ourselves in all the things we don't do. When we drive by the nominal church, when we drive by the Baptist church, the Presbyterian church, and the Methodist church, and we come to the holiness church, and we sit just as quiet as a church house mouse, and we have no more the Spirit of God than they do, what have we availed ourselves if we come to church just merely to say we come to church? Or did anybody come to get their worship on? Or did anybody come because you love God and because you got a hunger and a desire for the things of God? And already I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. You see, sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get that place, I punched my card, I done my due, and Jesus says to this church, I know you works. And not only were they devoted to the task faithfully, but they were defiant for the truth fervently. He said, you can't bear liars. You've tried them that say they are apostles, but they did not pass the truth test. You're, you're, you're very, very quick to judge, and you can quite easily suspect error and you're, you're quite ready to put a finger on what's wrong. And, and you're to, you have credit for that. And, and he lets them know that's a good thing for you to have spiritual savvy. And to have your doctrine right. Come here now. It's good that we have duty. It's good that we're faithful. And it's good that we have doctrine. It's good that we know what we know. It's good that we know what we believe, why we believe. And friend, if it's in the lids of this book, that's what I believe. I believe in thus saith the word of God. Inspired, infallible, inerrant, unadulterated, eternal word of God. That's what I believe. No doctrine. Give heed to sound doctrine. We need doctrine. But friend, if we've got duty and doctrine and we don't have devotion, we're lacking in something. And there's a lot of people that can tell you what they don't do. Amen. And they can tell you even why they don't do it. But they're lacking in love. They're lacking in devotion. And that's what I want to preach to you about today. Landmark, I want us to be a church that has its duty down pat. I want us to be a church that has its doctrine down pat. But I want a church that's in love with Jesus. I want a church that's in love with the Lord. I want a church that loves to worship. That loves to sing. That loves to shout. That loves to testify. Have we lost that love? So now to the meat of my message. They had prominent influence that they had experienced. But now I want you to see the passive indifference that endangered. There's something lacking. There's something wanting. There's something deficient. There's a void. There's an emptiness. And he said, I have someone against you. What's the indictment? What is it that the Lord 
looks upon this church and says, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. The vitality of their passion was missing. The salt has lost its savor as slowly and silently as the ebbing tide. Somehow or another, little by little, it goes away. First love. You remember that first? First love? You remember when you first got saved? You got to church early. You didn't even want to get on time. You want to get early. Amen. I'm not going to say anything about sitting in the back because uh, that's where most of y'all are at. So, amen. But you remember when you first got saved, you sat up front? I mean, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The preacher, anything he preached on, you just took it for gospel. You, you, didn't, you didn't say, where's that in the Bible? Come on here. You didn't question and critique and, you know, examine everything. If a preacher said it, that's good enough for me. I, I want to go to heaven. I mean, when you first got saved, you come with an expectancy, you come with a joy, you come with a hunger, you come with a thirst. I sure would like to conjure that desire back inside your heart again. I want you to get it this morning like you got it the first time. You remember when you went down to that altar and you repented of everything you could think of and you got up from that altar and your heart was so open to God you was willing to do anything. You, you wanted God more than you wanted anything in this world. But now you want the world more than you want God. Now you want the things of this world more than you want God. Now your hunger and your desire and your craving is for worldly things. What's the matter you left your first love what's the matter you've left your first love well oftentimes the reason we find ourselves in this place is because of what we've left you've left off bible reading you've left off prayer You've left off devotion. So there's duty, there's doctrine, but what is it if we've left off devotion? What is it if we've left off that intimacy with the Lord? The vitality of their passion was missing. Love had got left. And the validity of their profession was meaningless. It's on the sign, but it's not really in our heart. Come on here now. Holiness, just a profession. Holiness, just a, just a calling card. Holiness, Just a name we go by. But his book tells me to be ye holy for I am holy. That means to be clean. To walk circumspectly. To be holy before God. For our heart to be pure. For our desires to be pure. For our intentions to be pure. For our business dealings to be pure. Have I got a praying church? 
You see, oftentimes we want to be known as holiness people. But my friend, I want to tell you, when you're holy, you walk holy, you think holy, you talk holy, you live holy. Everything you do is holy. You're holy to your fellow man. You're holy on your job. You're holy at the bank. Anybody want to help me while I preach? I'm talking about to walk in holiness and to live holy. I don't want it to be a mere profession, but I want it to be an experience in my heart and in my life. So oftentimes, it's a profession that's merely meaningless. It's just something that we go by. It's just a label that we're proud of. But that goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So here we are at Landmark Holiness Church on a Sunday morning. And we can say, well, I left that church because of what they allow or what they do or what they uh, partake of and involve their self in and I'm not going to go to that church you're not helping me while I preach and I'm not going to go to that church and I'm not going to go and so what are we going to do just come sit right here at Landmark and have a seance sit around here come on here now come on and sit real pious and proud and be thankful we're not like everybody else or did somebody come to church with a heart on fire with a devotion with a hunger for the things of God I'm talking about when the preacher can't preach too straight when they can't sing too long when they can't pray too long when we can't get enough of church that's what I'm preaching about today and so the Lord told me this past week when I was a praying to tell Landmark you left your first love go back and get it that's the message I've got for the wholeness people and I want to tell them this summer what you've left you've lost and you got to go back and get it and I'm preaching today it's time to get on the altar and don't leave till we find it it's time to get on the altar and don't leave until we get back what we've lost You got to go back and get it. You missed it. And you'll, you'll, you'll never, you'll never, you'll never be the same until you go back and get it. Now see the personal initiative that was essential. He says to them, remember, you got to remember from whence thou art fallen, remember. Our uh, first revival was in uh, August of 84. Man, that was a while back. I was uh, preaching in Maplesville, Alabama. That's on the other side of Plum Nearly. Kathy said she wanted to make homemade pizza. First revival out <laughs> in our RV. She burnt the bottom of the pizza and the dough was 
not cooked inside. But I was in love. I'd been married two weeks. <laughs> it was good pizza. <laughs> I'll never forget. I was sitting there eating that pizza that had burnt crust and, and raw dough in the middle. And it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there wasn't enough Dr. Pepper to wash it down. But Kathy got all emotional and started crying and jumped up and ran from the table and said, I miss my mama. Amen. I was a magician. The pizza disappeared. Hallelujah. May I say, but it was all good because we were in love. Anybody going to help me while I preach? You know, when you're in love, those faults and failures and inconsistencies and, and those things that are trivial and trifling, we don't make much of it. But when love begins to wane, when love begins to die, when love begins to fade, that's when we become critical. That's when we become harsh. That's when we become cynical. Are you helping me while I preach? When you're in love with God, church is church and it's all good amen things may sometimes be off key and things sometimes may not run smooth and we may hit a bump in the road but it's church amen it's church amen we're having church we're having church and we're glad to be in church that's because we love God I wish I had a people today that would just fall in love with God all over again And I want you to remember, I've told you before, and you need to go home with it. Faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. And when you love God, nothing's too hard. When you love God, 30 minutes to drive to church, that's not too hard. It's not too hard to drive three hours to go hunting. Not too hard to drive several hours to go make money. Come on now. When you love God, nothing's too hard. When you love God, you don't pay your tithe. You gladly give your tithe. And thank God he gave you a strong back and mind enough to make money that you can support the work of God. Amen. And if paying tithe or giving tithe is too much for you, come up here. And let me anoint you and pray God to bust you and make you broke to where you can't rub two nickels together. And then you'll be glad, amen, to bring your tithe to the house of God. You see, when you love God, tithing is not hard. When you love God, faithful attendance is not hard. When you love God, altar work is not hard. I'm telling you, church, go back and get it. Whatever you've left and what Whatever you lost, go back and get it. 
I've pastored people that as long as they were making $500 a week, $50, that wasn't bad. Wasn't bad at all. But when it got to be $5,000 a week, that's when it was time to cook the books. That's when it was time to shake things around because they couldn't afford to give God what was His. And I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. But when you love God, nothing is too much for Him. <coughs> he said, I have somewhat against you. You left your first love. Seems like the inference there is they pretty well knew where it was at. And the place of your failure, you know where it's at. He said, remember, a remembrance of love paramount, it was first love. Number one, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. But seek ye, I'm in the sixth chapter of Matthew, but seek ye first the kingdom, love paramount. Number one, no rivals. Amen. A remembrance of love paramount and a return to the Lord in penitence. Repent and do the first works. To come with contrition, to come with humility and repent. I heard Joey Height tell now that when him and Trish was evangelizing, they come through this one little one-horse town, and he was supposed to have turned right, and he missed his turn. There he is with that big diesel and that fifth wheel, and he realized he missed his turn. He said, Trish, you got to get out. And Sister Trish got out. He braked. Stop, put on his flashers at the next intersection. And he said, we fixing to turn this buggy around. Trish Hyatt went right in the middle of that intersection. Looked at everybody at all four corners. <laughs> put up her hand. All four corners. Sister Trish stood right there and helped all four lanes while he turned that buggy around. That's what I'm doing right here in this office. Yeah. Amen. I want to help you get turned around so you can go back and get it. <laughs> I want to help you go back and get it. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Stand. That's enough. Amen. Both hands toward heaven and surrender, Lord. I want to go back and get it. <laughs> right now, right now in this room, right now in this place, young hearts, sisters, brothers, go back and get it. That's the watchword that I have for the holiness people. You've left it. You've lost it. Now go back and get it. Your heads are bowed. Brother Shad, my heart's been challenged here today. I've been convicted. 
Very honestly, preacher, I've become slack. Very honestly, Brother McDonald, seemed like my ardor of love, my devotion, commitment has faded. And I need to go back and get it. And for that that I have left and that that I've lost, I want to get it back. I want to see an honest heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I think that there's nothing left for us to do than to just go back and get it. Come on in. Let's pray all over the house. Take me back. 